This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. May is National Barbecue Month. And while it's not exactly warm enough to grill outside right now, we thought it would be perfect to think outside the typical hot dogs and burger box and explore Korean barbecue. That's right. It's time to take our barbecuing to the very next level. And today we'll get tips on how to up our sauce game this summer. Joining us now for this week's Food Friday is Chicago chef Bill Kim. He's the author of the 2018 book, Korean Barbecue, Master Your Grill in Seven Sauces. You might recognize him from his Wicker Park restaurant, Urban Belly. Or maybe you've had a bowl of his award-winning ramen at Time Out Market. Hi, Chef Kim. Welcome to Reset. Thank you, Shasha. Nice to be on the radio with you. Yeah, great to have you on. You know, there are so many great Korean barbecue spots here in Chicago, Chef. So talk to us. What do you think makes the perfect dining experience? I think it's, you know, be a little bit adventurous. And obviously, you need to come with some um, clothing that you want to, like, make it and and have this, like, perfumey barbecue smell after <laughs> yes. it's done. So I think you have to be ready for that. But I think just the accompaniments and the proteins itself, it just needs to be have that kind of um, up in flavor. When you taste a, even a little bite, it mm-hmm. just needs to melt in your mouth and also have a little bit of give. And having those condiments are very important. Yeah, no, it sounds, sounds just about right. You know, one of my favorite things about Korean barbecue, I think, is probably the intimacy of it. You know, how you kind of cook and eat at the same table. But I know that that could probably be slightly intimidating if if you've never actually tried it. So can you give us some best practices? I think, first of all, people have to be understanding that, you know, in the Korean culture that everybody double dips. And you got to be okay with that, with with <laughs> friends and family. That's, and, so, that's so important. You know, yeah. Yeah. Because you're using chopsticks instead of fork and knives, and it's passed around. And, uh, you know, I think the best way, the best practice is there is no right way. If you want to eat the protein by itself, please do. And if you want to make a meal out of the condiments, or it's called panchan in Korean, mm-hmm. that you could do that too and be open to the idea that, you know, you might um, slip and have one of your condiments on the table and you, you're okay to the five-second rule and pick it up and <laughs> wrap it in a little lettuce and have your grilled uh, protein. Good old so, five-second rule. Love it. Yes, yes. <laughs> you mentioned panchan. Talk to us about some more of the traditional elements of Korean barbecue. Sure. Um, you know, I think in the American barbecue, you, you have different kinds of sauces, and coleslaw, so in the Korean culture, they're, they're called panchans, or they kind of complement the smokiness or sometimes spiciness of the protein. So panchan could be a kimchi, which is fermented cabbage. There could also be a soy, soy braised uh, potato that's almost arctic on potato salad. Mm-hmm. And there's also a lot of time nowadays that have, like, macaroni salad on your panchan, which is weird to me, but people have loved it and asked for it a lot of the Korean barbecues nowadays that are opening up. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, you wrote a book called Korean Barbecue, Master Your Grill in Seven Sauces. Uh, it features recipes for seven sauces and three spice rubs. How did you land on these 10? I think it's always, um, 
the idea is when you make Asian, you're just going to make Asian food. And what happens when you're not feeling in the mood to do Asian food? So we wanted everybody to kind of use these sauces throughout the week instead of just making it one day. The next, you know, you have that soy sauce or sesame oil for six months or a year or some people for five years. So we wanted the the daily routine of cooking, enhancing your cooking by using some of these, some traditional, some non-traditional sauces that really comes into your daily cooking. So, you know, like soy balsamic, can you use, add a little bit of oil and dice um, ginger or garlic, mince it up, and adding a little bit of olive oil becomes a dressing. So it's Mm. all purpose and use it every day instead of when you just feel like cooking Asian. Goodness, that sounds delicious. Yeah. I watched you you talk alongside food writer Chandra Ram, who co-wrote the book with you. Um, You guys were talking about your research on, you know, things not to do, right? And you were checking out other customer uh, reviews of other cookbooks that were on the market. Tell us what you learned from that. I learned a lot of times that people ask to be exact with the recipes. And for me, the fun of writing a book and fun of having a recipe, it's eventually you make it your own. And I want people to be able to say, you, you might add maybe a little bit more ginger. You might add something that you have from a leftover. Now, even though it's, it's our book, now it becomes your recipe. Mm. And you could do whatever you want with it. So we, we learned that people wanted flexibility. And I think we gave them that in the book where people could, t- there's a leftover chapter, there's create your own, and also like mix and match mm. of each chapters. That's wonderful. So for those listening now and they want to make Korean barbecue at home, what are your tips? And and talk about the sauces. Sure. Um, One of the the master sauces is a Korean barbecue marinade. So it's, I wanted first and foremost to be very easy. So all the accessible ingredients, soy sauce, sesame, um, you could buy it in any grocery store and you, you could, you could add, garlic and ginger, then, you know, you, you buy meat. In Korean barbecue, the meats are not hunks of meat, like five pounds of big bone-in, you know, shoulders of animals. It's actually thinly sliced. It could be a ribeye. It could be a pork tenderloin. It could even be a pork chop. And just add the marinade. Let that do all the work for you. Then you don't have to sit on a grill or a smoker for 14 hours, yeah. hope and pray that if you've done the right thing, our, our, you know, the book itself, you cook things for like two minutes, three minutes on each side, then it's done. So you have instant gratification knowing the fact that you pour the marinade on the piece of protein and within minutes you'll have something. So I think that is cooking. For me, you get instant results as you you know, cook the item itself, and you could see it cooking. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We are speaking with Chef Bill Kim about his approach to Korean barbecue. It's the latest in our series, Food Friday, where we spotlight local restaurants and cuisines in the Chicago area. 
Chef, you are originally from Seoul, but you grew up here in Chicago. What was it that made you want to even do this, to, to pursue a career in the culinary world? You know, um, I always like to tell people that I'm from a dry cleaning family, so my parents owned the dry cleaners, and I saw how hard they worked. Um, but it also gave me gratification in seeing that they had to work with their hands and I don't want to sit at a desk. And really, you know, as I grew up, I had three other cousins. I had my brother, and I was the oldest out of all the, the siblings and cousins. So I always had to, like, press a button or wash the rice, and I had to prepare that for my parents when they came from mm-hmm. work. So that was something that in me, that nurturing part of feeding other people and taking care of them. I think that was the big thing that I took away. And as I got older, I wanted to do more of that. So, you know, cooking is a very personal thing. And for me, I get to cook for strangers all the time. And that gives me great satisfaction of why I love to cook. And that's why I think I got into the business. You ever check out Korean barbecues spots across the country in, you know, different cities? I do. There's there's a couple places. There's a a place, um, two places I haven't been, but I want to go to. Coat is one of them. It's a higher end uh, barbecue place in New York City. And there's also in the West Coast called Parks Barbecue. Um, I mm. want to go to. But my favorite two spots in Chicago are Hansugatsan, which is basically, a, you know, old school Korean. There's charcoal still coming at your table and you could cook and you have the new school uh, Perilla that's um, in Chicago that I really enjoy. But I still love the, the live coal and you could still cook on it. So yes. I, I love getting my clothes dirty and I want to smell barbecues the next day. <laughs> What's on your menu over at uh, Urban Belly? Urban Belly, we, we like to say three things. Dumplings, uh, noodles and rice. Those I thought you were going to say dumplings, dumplings, dumplings. <laughs> well, that's always every day, but um, I love those three things, and we kind of made the menu and drive it home in that way. You know, we have what's called coconut pho. That's, you know, something that we kind of made, and it's two things coming together. Uh, obviously, we're known for ramen, and obviously the the dumpling end of it, we, we really enjoy and we love sharing um, that part of our menu. Yeah, and, and you spe- speaking of ramen, you've got a ramen bar inside Time Out Market in the West Loop that specializes in broths. And uh, yeah. they draw on Korean, Vietnamese, and Mexican flavors. Yum. Yeah. Yeah, so my wife is of Puerto Rican descent, so I always like to talk about my wife, and we love to tell You're the love man. story told through food. Yeah, <laughs> I am. I am. I know. I know where the home is, and we always right. have to make sure we we acknowledge and put my wife on a pedestal because she was the driving force of us opening up the restaurant. I love that. So, tell us what's next for you. Well, um, you know, a lot of things. We about three years ago we opened up a, a restaurant. In Oak Brook, we have a partnership with Crate Barrel called The Table at Crate. So, you know, it'll be our very first year. We're going to have a full year. So we have a great, gigantic patio that's facing the fountain. So we have that. 
in January of this year, we opened up five kiosks inside of uh, Purdue University. So we have a partnership with Airmark and also Purdue University. So, nice. you know, that's been keeping them busy. That's exciting. Well, that's Chicago yeah. Chef Bill Kim. Chef Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sasha. Have a good day. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.